Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Naturally Supernatural. Jade here, director of GGC College of Supernatural Ministry in Sydney, Australia, and part of GGC Life Church. My passion is to raise up sons and daughters and see men and women living out their God-given calling and dreams to live naturally, supernaturally, and walk by the power of Holy Spirit for Jesus. On this podcast, you'll hear stories about revival, miracles, encounters with God, healing, prophecy, preaching, creativity, and much, much more. Listen as we unpack theology, culture, and real stories that we believe will unlock the naturally supernatural life in you. Kieran, howdy, howdy. welcome to the show. I'm so excited. You are one of our graduates from school and it's so exciting. Why don't you share with everyone what are you up to now after school? Yeah, so not long after school, I was getting ready to sign on for second year, was getting through the paperwork and then by the glory of God, I actually got offered a job in ministry at the church doing church administration full time and I accepted that and then three months into the role now, absolutely loving it. That is amazing. It's so exciting getting to know you over the the year of training and just seeing your hunger for God, just seeing you are a man of excellence. You know, everything you do, you just do it with such like care and passion. But I love also just that sonship that you really, really, I feel like last year really stepped into as well, you know, as you allowed God to set you free deal with some of the things that were coming up in your heart and relationships and you got married yes got married through bible college praise the lord wow and so it was so cool just seeing you blossom spiritually in your relationship with god but also in your family and with now your wife Mm. do you feel like there were skills outside of theology and the supernatural gifts that you think helped as well that you learned over the year absolutely yeah through the year i mean just so much sort of just sort of growing in myself and growing in my own understanding of my relationship with God and how that was impacting me, but then also how that was impacting others. So whether or not, you know, if I wasn't leaning into God and leaning into the word as much one week, you know, it's not like a direct correlation, but it's easy to see how that impacts my relationship with my family and my wife. Yeah. So just sort of realizing the weight of that impact. Yeah. was a big takeaway for the rest of my life. Yeah. That is wild. And I even remember when you first started school, you were on the bandwagon that the supernatural wasn't for you. Mm. That first week you messaged us and you were like, you're you were ready to maybe quit. Mm. Can you talk through that, like that journey and what was going on for you? So coming into the college and coming into the school was definitely something where I was like, no, supernatural is not for me. You know, those guys, they can they can go get slain in the spirit, whatever they want to call it. Um, that's, that's for them. That's great. I don't want any of that don't need any of that. That was where I was at. I was happy with that. I was content with that. Um, But I wasn't really happy with that. You know, life wasn't actually, my relationship with God wasn't actually that great. And then coming into the school where, you know, everyone was kind of encouraging, especially you were like, oh, that's great. That's cool. Why don't we just try this and see what happens? Um, And then just, you know, encountering God in a whole other way, you know, sort of leaning into the spiritual gifts, leaning into that supernatural aspect of God. And just sort of growing more in that area was just, it just, it wrecked me. It was such an amazing encounter. Yeah. Well, why don't you share? I remember in class when you first 
realize you could hear from God. And it was it was awesome because the night before you were saying, hey, I don't think I have this gift of prophecy. And then in class being activated and you heard God. So why don't you share the story of what happened? Absolutely, yeah. It feels like so long ago now. So in class, it was all of us students here. Renee and I were sort of practicing prophecy where I think you would ask Renee to ask God for an image in just like an image in her mind's eye and then to sort of interpret that and what that means. But before she, she she was able to hear from God, she got an image. But before she sort of shared that, you asked us, well, you asked me, hey, Karen, I want you to ask God and see if you can see the image that he's put in Renee's mind. Um, and I had this image of a little marble statue of a ballerina, a little marble statue of a ballerina that had sort of cracks in it, but all the cracks were like lined with liquid gold. Um, and as I started to describe it, Renee started to get really excited because that was the exact same image that she had seen in her head. And um, when she had shared that, it was like, that's the same thing. And I was like, that's insane. That's crazy, you know, that God gave you one image and then was able, I was able to hear from the Lord and get the exact same image downloaded into my head. That is wild. That's Isn't it amazing. amazing how this sometimes happens with the prophetic gift? When you're in a prophetic culture and everyone around you also knows that they are filled with the Holy Spirit, that they can hear God mm -hmm. as well, then... God will often give two people, three people, a few people in the room the same thing mm -hmm. just so that he can confirm, one, that you're hearing correctly and two, to give encouragement to the person who was that vision was specifically for, mm -hmm. you know. So for Renee to have received that for herself, it's it, it takes a bit to even have the hope and the courage to receive it and be like, wow, this is how God sees me and this is what God's trying to say to me. And then for God to reveal that to you encourages her mm. because then it shows her it was real. Absolutely. Yeah. And it encourages you because you were able to do something you didn't realise you could. Yeah, it was, really, it was really amazing. It was very, very encouraging, very much. Like the Bible talks about prophecy is used for the encouragement, the upbuilding and the consolation. Or another, another um, translation says for the upbuilding or the exhortation. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's just, that's really bang on, yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, that actually le leans in really well to one of the questions we wanted to talk about today, which is why why does the gift of prophecy even matter? And 100%, to me, I, I love this gift because it is an invitation to encounter the heart of the Father, not only to the person receiving it, but to the person giving the word. You catch the incredible love, joy, hope of God, of heaven right? Yeah. And as you said, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it's for, it's for encouraging, it's for uplifting, it's for consolation. Mm. You know, I, I remember there was a time um, with um, consolation, there was someone who God gave me a word for them that they, were, they looked fine. They were in a Bible study and they were just being, you know, their strong, amazing self, intelligent, but I saw this like cloud over them, but sort of like a hazy cloud. And I felt like they were, that cloud represented numbness, that they were mm. disconnected with their heart. And, and so I went over to them and I said, hey, like this, you know, you seem to be killing it and doing amazing things, but I just want to check, are you okay? Is everything okay? Because are you feeling a bit disconnected or numb from your heart? 
And he was surprised and he said, yes, actually, that's exactly the feeling I have. I feel disassociated. I feel numb. I, I'm here, yeah. but I don't feel like I'm here. Yeah. And so that gift, right, to encourage, to console. And then the next thing was that the God then showed me that a memory of him when he was a little boy and hiding in his room crying because his dad had just hit him and yelled at him. And so I, I just asked him, hey, like, again, I, you know, I feel like I'm, I might be getting something from God and just wanted to check, are you feeling numb because you're feeling that disconnection from maybe your parents? Did something happen recently? And is there trauma coming up where did something happen when you were young, especially with your dad? And, and again, he was just shocked and just started opening up, tearing up, like the hardness just melted away and he started mm. tearing up in his eyes and he said, wow, yes, I just recently been having this really bad argument with both my parents and in particular my dad who I just feel like he never thinks I'm I He just doesn't seem to believe in me. And, yeah, that there was an incident when I was young um, where – yeah, he, he was just, I was just hiding because he had hit me and he just didn't think, he just didn't seem to believe in me. Mm. And wow. so it was just such a wild moment through prophecy. I was able to connect to his heart and then be able to see what God had for him instead. And so then I spoke encouragement into him. I'll just call him Bob. His name wasn't Bob, but I was like, Bob, the father loves you. You're his son. And he never meant for you to experience that criticism. But know that he thinks you're talented and amazing. And there's hope, hope also in restoration for with your parents. And I think that is even why you're having these arguments with them now because I think yeah. God is actually bringing you to a place of breakthrough where he wants you to bring restoration back to your parents and show them the grace maybe that you had needed back in the day. It's amazing. Yeah. So gift of prophecy, so yeah. important, so helpful for, you know, encouragement, uplifting, consolation. Um, but, you know, even in 1 Corinthians 14, towards the end of that chapter, it talks about, you know, when an unbeliever comes into the church, you know, and they hear everyone prophesying, they are convicted and their secrets of their heart are laid bare and then they fall face down to worship God and say, wow, God truly is among you. And I think sometimes people think that conviction is about like exposing people's sin and I don't do not agree with that. That's not correction in love is not the same as prophecy. Absolutely. Yeah. Prophecies for encouragement, for building up, for edification, consolation. So I think that verse is really about God sees the heart of what is inside someone. He sees the gold inside people. And, you know, we get to partner with Holy Spirit to pull out the gold. And then that person gets convicted because they realize, wow, who God really sees them to be. He sees them as valuable. He sees them as image bearers. He sees them, sees them as sons and daughters. And then they're able to step into who they really are and surrender and trust a really, really, really good God. 
So good. So yeah, prophecy is also just such an important gift because it's it's also a great way to reach the lost Mm, and to show them a good and kind father. The way Jesus did, you know, when he prophesied into Nathaniel, you know, and it, it, it allowed Nathaniel to access great faith and become a disciple. Mm. When he prophesied into the woman of the well, you know, words of knowledge, understanding where she was at, meeting her where she was at. And then she becomes one of the first evangelists, you know, Mm. just that radical shift from prophetic prophetic evangelism in action. You've gone and done prophetic evangelism too. Mm -hmm. Like you've gone to the Healing Tents Ministry and you've prophesied over unbelievers the lost, and you've shared the gospel with them. So why don't you share a story about from that? Yeah, absolutely. Even with that, like just before I share this story, even with like the woman at the well, you know, Jesus, who absolutely prophesied over her, but it was less about, you know, saying what we had for the, what he had in store for her for the future, but more about just about her life, you know, sharing things about her, like where you had that image of that guy in the cloud and you saw that, you know, disconnect in his heart. Jesus even just simply shared like, oh, you know, your history is this, this, and this. And she's like, you are the son of God. Wow. Like, and then from there that evangelism happened. So in a similar way, like for me, when I've been, when I've been prophesying at the healing ministry, at the 10 ministry, there was this one group of girls where they came in, they sat down and I just asked the Holy Spirit, all right, Lord, just give me a word. Give me a word for these girls. And I got the word lollipops. And I'm like, all right, it's a, it's a wild one, but you know what? Trust you, Lord, let's go for it. So I just asked them like, hey, Jizzy, like, like, does lollipops mean anything to you guys? You like like lollipops? Do you hate them or anything like that? And then all three or four of these girls just started freaking out. They were like, "How do you, how do you know that we love lollipops?" To the point, one of, one of these women had like a little side satchel bag that she opened, filled with lollipops, just filled filled with lollipops. And whilst that's not anything super profound and profane, like in twenty years you're going to lead a crusade, like that was able to break the ice and start a conversation of like wow, how does, this, how does this God know that, you know, I love lollipops? And just from there, then it was an amazing opportunity to share the gospel with them. And that day they actually made a decision to follow Jesus for the rest of their life. Yeah, that is awesome. I love that. Wow. Love that Praise prophetic evangelism. You know, it was so fun. Like one time even as I was in Hong Kong just visiting for a friend's wedding and I wanted to just evangelize. So I went out to the street and God highlighted this man in the shopping mall to me. I went up to him and I feel like I was saying, hey, I don't know, are, are you a teacher? And also, are you currently, like, it, I don't know if you just ended a relationship, but I feel like God wants you to know that he's proud of you as a teacher. You're doing a great job and that there is hope for you and that there is a right woman for you wow yeah and he his response was hilarious he was literally like where are the cameras am i am i being set up like what did do you know like what's going on and i and i just basically said hey no i i'm a believer i believe in jesus and you were highlighted to me and i and he cares about your heart and i feel like he really wants you to know he's he loves you he wants a relationship with you. He's on your side. And no matter how much things are hurting right now, it's going to be okay. But he wants to help you through this, you know, and so he got to share the gospel. And, and so it's just such a fun way, like prophecy on the streets, sharing the gospel, all that sort of thing. I just had a question for you, Jade, actually. 
you've been obviously you've been walking with the Lord for a long, a good portion of your life, and you've also been prophesying for a lot, a lot of your life, which has been amazing. Um, especially you know being on the being on the receiving end, prophetic words you've had has been awesome. If I can ask, what is how has your experience of prophecy changed, both receiving and sharing prophetic words? sort of when you first started, when you were maybe a bit more of a baby Christian yeah. compared to now, what sort of shifted since then? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great question and brings me back to memory, memory lane. Yeah. The wild thing is I started learning about the gift of prophecy in a, in a conservative church. Okay. And yeah. so it was such a God divined moment when, you know, we were in an environment where we actually even thought tongues were evil. Wow, okay. And we for we wouldn't listen to certain music from certain ca- churches that we thought mm. were too charismatic because okay. we just thought that they were all wrong and evil. Well, when I say we, that's, that was what we were taught. Yeah. And then one day one of the pastor's friends, I guess, went to Bethel School or Supernatural yeah. Ministry and it started to spark in him this question, maybe the gifts are not dead. Maybe prophecy is more than just preaching and teaching. Maybe prophecy is relevant for today. And so he asked that question. And at the same time, I was searching and I was asking for more because, you know, I'd always experienced God supernaturally leading up to that point, but I was taught that gifts no longer exist. Okay, yeah. And so so because I was searching and he was searching – he actually started encouraging. He's like, yes, Jade, you need, like it does say, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Yeah. And that's also why it's important because it actually says it in the Bible, earnestly desire yeah. spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Let's, and so he yeah. encouraged me to start researching and looking into it. And he um, recommended, he heard about a book that would be really good by Graham Cook and he just asked me to go get it. And so I just started reading it and I, I, I feel like just through reading it, I started to step out in faith a little bit more. So the first times I was prophesying, um, it was literally like in the youth group where I was a youth leader mm-hmm. and I found myself having the faith for it blossom in me realizing it is actually a gift we can have and like any gift like riding a bike you know or snowboarding you just need to give it a go and and so youth were lining up to receive prayer because I was released to pray and prophesy over people even though I didn't know what prophecy was and as they came up it just like instantly I would see things I'd see visions about you know, what was happening in their lives or I'd get words um, and ideas. And from there I just started to develop it more and more over time, you know, from, you know, as I'm praying for people, people would be like surprised that I knew about something. I would be praying about something for them that they didn't tell me about. Mm. Uh, And eventually uh, God led me to a supernatural ministry school and that's where I really immersed myself in the culture, was mentored by others and really got to practice. But, you know, honestly, it, it is by faith. I, I feel like when you first start prophesying, it's, it's actually super easy. The hard part is perhaps sometimes having the wisdom to apply the word yeah, and to interpret the word. That yeah. can be hard. Yeah. 
or even just having the confidence to actually craft or build out the word a little bit more, you know, going from maybe a, a simple word like getting lollipop to then like what is God's heart about a situation mm. and what's his solution about a situation. And that just comes with practice and doing it more and more and having the opportunities. Would you say it was pretty easy when you first started to prophesy? I would say, yeah, especially because for me, I was very blessed to be in such a nurturing environment, such an environment where it was taught, you know, it's actually okay to fail. It's actually good that you fail. You know, it's good to come up against resistance. Like I think Chris Valentin says, if you don't encounter a demon at some point, you're probably running the wrong way. You're probably running the same way. If after a while you don't run into a demon, you're probably running the same way as them. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, with that, being in such a nurturing environment, such a teachable environment as well, it was really, really good to be able to practice prophecy openly, be able to fail and get it wrong. And then you have the confidence to know that you are hearing the word of God. Like, you know, you are, you have the voice of God. You have the confidence to be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe it wasn't exactly the word there, but it was kind of on point. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So then that way, when you're out in the mission field, that first spontaneous thought that sort of pops into your head where you're like, okay, I don't know why I'm thinking about lollipops, but all right, we'll say it. And know that, you know, God's with you. <laughs> God's word's there and he's with you. Yeah, on that note, I love that you're saying there are so many different ways believers can hear from God. Like we've talked about visions, but you can also smell sometimes, um, you know, or you can get ideas that pop into your head or, you know, you can feel in in your gut, in your heart, like an emotion or, you know, oftentimes, like recently I was out on the streets uh, with a group of evangelists sharing the gospel and I felt pain in my right knee so I knew that someone there needed prayer Mm. and at the end of the night I found this woman who actually had chronic pain in her right knee and she was actually praying God can someone pray for me today and so that was really cool because I had that there whilst at the same time I was having a conversation with another girl and I was walking with her and as I was walking with her the idea popped into my head of she's traveling to America and I just saw a picture of a cowboy hat. So there were two things going on there, ideas and vision. And I asked her about it and she's like, well, yeah, I'm I'm traveling to America, to the Midwest. And from there, you know, sharing that, hey, I believe God is going to use her to network strategically Australians and US people and really connect revival that's happening over there and revival happening here in Australia. But yeah, the gift of prophecy is amazing and definitely worth pursuing. With, with prophesying for people, even just small words, like small, what's seemingly non-impactful words, but can carry a lot of weight. It's really important how you deliver it, but it's also really important that you're not, like I know for me when I've prophesied in the past, I've yeah. often been sort of projecting my own sort of struggles onto people through prophecy. Yeah, like interesting. I've got some yeah. sort of thing. So I guess my question is like, how do you sort of differentiate between sometimes when if you're struggling with your own thing and sort of like your flesh versus the actual word of God coming in? Yeah, that's a really great question. Flesh words versus spirit words. Well, I think first and foremost, we really need to check our own hearts. Like we need to be, you know, it says those with clean hands and pure hearts are the ones who will see God face to face. Yeah. And so we actually always need him to be searching our hearts so that we can be really real with him 
and ourselves. Mm. And so when people come to receive words from us, being able to check your heart and and know, hey, is this, am I saying this because I have this incredible level of compassion? Or am I saying this because something's being triggered in me? Like maybe mm. it's like, um, you know, I, I remember one time uh this beautiful woman of God had just gotten out of a really destructive relationship. And then this lady comes forward for prayer and this lady ends up saying that, oh, they're married to a non-Christian. And so this girl out of her recent pain and struggle and her from her flesh started saying, wow, God never called you to marry a non-believer. This, this relationship is not blessed by him. Wow. Yeah. And I had to sort of stop her right there, <laughs> flush that word, um, and then speak hope and encouragement to this wife who mm. just needed prayer and yeah. wanted to yeah. pray for her non-believing husband. And honestly, prayers are powerful, right? Mm. Um, I mean, weren't you led? <laughs> just, yeah, you were yeah. led to Jesus from your wife yeah. who was a believer and you weren't a believer yeah, at the right. time. Yeah. See? Absolutely. But, um, and then I had to take this poor uh, girl aside and say, hey, like, I know that you're going through this pain and so being really honest before God but being careful to then not give advice out of pain Mm. and not make it seem like prophecy when it's, you know, God's heart is hope. It's never to to bring pain. Of course. Yeah, so that's what often flesh words are driven by our desire of what we think is right or wrong or our own hurts, Mm. you know. Or where we're trying to make sense of something when really God is a God of the supernatural. He's a God of the impossible and his ways are higher than our ways. So, yeah, I'd say check your hearts and really be aware. Another thing to take note of is sometimes you can prophetically see what other people want you to say. You can pick up, you can discern like their, their flesh desires. Interesting. And so, again, I think it's really taking being patient and stepping back with the Father, with Holy Spirit, and say, okay, God, what do you want to say about this? And it really comes to practice, practicing to be able to tell the difference between is it your vo- your thoughts, is it someone else's thoughts, is it God's voice, or even if it's the devil's. Mm. A quick tip of how to know if it's the devil. I mean, the devil's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And so sometimes even if there is truth in what the devil wants to, to say, it will bring shame. And it will cause people to want to turn away and run away from mm, God. Absolutely. And so often that's an easy way to already know straight away. Like if the word doesn't cause you to love the Lord more, if the word doesn't bear fruit of love, if it doesn't have the mark of grace, because God is, you know, he desires mercy over judgment. He is a God of grace. Mm. Um, and the believer, you know, as I said, doesn't end up living for Jesus in a more surrendered full of faith, encouraged way, it's likely a word from the wrong kingdom Mm. and you can flush those words. But sometimes, yes, God might give a word that is hard to hear at first but is full of kindness and love. And so in those situations, I think both the giver and the receiver needs to check their hearts and be honest before God and see what else is going on. We're talking a lot about the prophetic and there's definitely this sort of idea of you know all these other spirits at play like you know the spirit of the flesh spirit of the holy like the holy spirit spirit of the lord and the spirit of the devil as well um 
just out of curiosity, because it's just gotten me thinking about other things as well, would you mind sharing about any sort of encounters or experiences you've had involving angels, like angels of the Lord? Yeah, this is a interesting question because, you know, we, for all the listeners out there who get uncomfortable about angels, we do not worship angels. We worship Jesus. We're followers of Jesus. Yeah. But you know, Jesus had angels in his ministry. Like they ministered to Jesus directly. And in Hebrews, it talks about how God sends his ministers a wind and flame to to help believers, right? And so, yeah, angels, first and foremost, like, as I said before, the demons will try to take away from God and they'll try to bring shame or they'll try to speak a half truth that will lead to people hiding from God. But angels are the opposite. Like Jesus' angels constantly want to point people to him. And, you know, you see this in the book of Revelation when John's like undone by this angelic encounter. He's like, he wants to worship this angel and this angel's like, no, 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 don't worship me, worship (laughs) Jesus and points John back to the lamb. Mm. So angels are here to worship God and point us to God, but also to help us fulfill the calling and the dreams of God on our lives. And actually fun little story. The first time I saw angels was I was just at a church worshiping and this little lie came into my heart that I was all alone. And it grieved me so bad. And, you know, um, as people started praying for me, I started, I noticed Jesus in front of me and he said, Jade, like you're not alone, open, open your spiritual eyes. And I opened up my spiritual eyes and I, I literally saw angelic hosts all around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was blown away, but they were cheering like, Jade, you're not alone. We've always been here. And then when I came out of that vision, I saw two angels with my open eyes, like a warrior angel and then a a smaller worship angel full of joy. And the crazy thing was that these angels kept following me for the rest of that day. I jumped into the car when we were leaving church. I was sitting in the back, two of my friends in the front, and no joke, the whole car just like was like a sauna and there was like water coming down the sides of the, wow. the windows. And the AC was turned on to max because it was like hot in there. And my friends are like, what is going on? <laughs> and I let them know, hey, there's actually two angels in the back with me. And this is honestly the first time I'd seen them. So it was very yeah. new for me as well. And so they asked me to, they said, Jade, why don't you ask the angels what their names are? And, and honestly, I had no idea I could even do that. Yeah. And so I turned to one of them and I was like, oh, what's your name? And the angel said, oh, my name's Jubilee. And it just laughed and kept saying, you're going to come to my church. You're going to come to my church. My name is Jubilee. Look, I was a I was a believer for a few years by then, but I admit I had never seen the word Jubilee before okay, at yeah. that point in my life. Like I didn't even know it was a word in the Bible. I had no idea what it meant. And so I was confused that this angel was telling me its name was Jubilee. And I had never heard of any churches called Jubilee. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, we drove back to my church, which was a conservative church at the time, and I sat in the the pews. And then I got another text message from a friend going, hey, there is a revival breaking out at this church um, in, you know, the eastern side of Mm. Sydney. Why don't you come? I'll be swinging past your church in 10 minutes. If you're keen, just come now. And I was like, 
all right. And, and honestly, that angel Jubilee kept laughing. It was right with me the whole time. Jumped into the car. We drove to the east of Sydney and there was a church there called Jubilee Church. <laughs> And a sign at the front wow. at the time, and it was the same picture of the angel that I was talking to. Oh, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> so it was just wild. And from that night, there was, you know, I got so healed of a few things that were happening in my heart. And, wow. you know, and, and so it's like, yeah, God sent his ministers of wind and flame that day to encourage me, to show me that I'm not alone, but then to also like be on this journey with me as I was new to the prophetic and help me get to this this other church that was flowing in these gifts. And that night I received a lot of breakthrough and ministry in my heart. And so how good is God? Like God, Holy Spirit leads us, but you know, he also sends his angels sometimes to help us like he did Jesus. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll end it there, but we covered quite a few things today. Thanks for joining us, Kieran. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome time. So honestly, it's so awesome seeing what God's doing through you and in you, you know, and even just like the different men I've seen you inspiring and encouraging around you. You truly are like a David-like leader, you know. Why don't we also just close in prayer? Uh, why don't you release a blessing over our listeners who might be hungry for prophecy or who also are like, what is going on with angels? Are they good or bad? What's going on? So why don't you release a pl- prayer and I, I will too. Absolutely. Yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you for everyone that picks up this podcast, Lord. And thank you to everyone that listens to this podcast, Lord. Father God, I just pray right now for a wild encounter with you, Lord God, to all of our listeners here. Father God, I just pray for an amazing download of revelations of the prophetic Lord and of the prophetic gift. And Father, I just thank you for an increase of your saints moving in the gift of prophecy. In Jesus' name, Lord. Papa, we thank you that you have poured out your spirit on all flesh, as it says in Acts 2 and Joel 2. And sons and daughters shall prophesy and old men dream dreams. And so, Lord, we believe this is these are the last days. So even now, we just, we just ask, Lord, you reveal yourself in a new and powerful way to believers. Show sons and daughters that there is more of you that they can experience. Show sons and daughters they can walk powerfully hand in hand with Holy Spirit and show believers, Lord, that the gift of prophecy is something that they can earnestly desire and also do and that you want to release in their lives too. We thank you, Jesus. You are amazing. Receive all the glory. Amen. We hope you enjoyed that episode and we pray that you've been richly encouraged and inspired to hunger after God and to live courageously for Jesus. We also have some exciting news to help you not miss the next episode. Naturally Supernatural is now on all leading platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music and Pandora subscribe but also reach out to us if you have questions or stories you would like to hear on the show join us next time and let the naturally supernatural life for jesus be unlocked in you bless you guys